Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Here We Go podcast. We've got a packed show this, this evening. We've got uh, a game from Sunday to discuss. Obviously, Celtic were at home. We were, sorry, we were at home to Celtic even. Uh, we've got an upcoming League Cup match away to Stirling Albion. And we've got some news and, news and things we're going to talk about in between it as well. Um, the lunatics are still running the asylum. Um, so I'm Martin, I'm Martin Clunas, I'm here. And I'm here just with Martin Ingram. How are you doing, Martin? I'm doing well, thank you. Um, yeah, uh, one more one more week running the asylum before. Well, I, I don't know whether sanity will, will will prevail afterwards or not, but uh... yeah, we'll just have to wait. No, D- Dad will be home soon um, <laughs> to give us all into trouble for the mess we've made of his podcast. <laughs> the the, the only reassuring thing is that we, I, I, I think he suggested on the Twitter feed last time that he wasn't listening to it anyway. So I guess in that regard, it doesn't really matter what we say. So. He's he's listening. He's no, he's he's sitting. <laughs> Sitting drinking his foreign beers, no, on his own, waiting for work. No, not doing anything after his work. He's he's sitting raging at what we slid up said last week about him. But anyway, so we're going to get on anyway. Like I say, packed show tonight. So we've got to discuss the Celtic game, uh, first home game of the season, Martin. Um, only change we had was Johnny Hayes out for Duncan, which you know there there'd been there'd been whispers and rumours all week that he was going to be missing. Um, obviously, we'd, sp- we'd spoken at length last week about maybe McDonald. Uh, unfortunately, he he didn't make it. Um, so Duncan coming in for Hayes. I mean, it was. I think in the end, it did prove that Barry Robson knows better than us uh, to stick with basically what he had. Um, and it was it was probably best to do it that way, wasn't it? Well, we've spoke about it a lot of time before that. If 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 nothing else, Barry Robson is true to himself in the way he wants to manage the team which is he has a set way of playing he pretty quickly zones in on a preferred 11 and a preferred way of play and he's gonna basically stick that out unless injury forces him otherwise and that's exactly what happened same same formation same lineup um i think it was definitely a lot of eyes open i mean obviously um you know the fact that Hayes was out completely through injury. Um, somebody had to come in, so I think a few eyes were raised with it being Ryan Duncan. Because again, I, I I remember speaking at the 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 previous podcast. I thought there might have been a concession, maybe not with the formation that we played, but maybe with some of the personnel. And I thought we might have been looking to play some more conventional fullback. So maybe Dickie Devlin out to right back, and and again, um, at that point, would have thought Johnny Hayes would have still been playing, but. Stuck with stuck with Shaden Morris and put in Ryan Duncan. That and that is very much a five a three five two and not a five three two. So it was a uh, it it, de- it definitely uh, marked a, a statement of intent. And absolutely, I mean, I think you know it, it it worked really well in the end, especially with the way that we we wanted to play. And of course, we'll we'll get to it. Ryan Duncan pretty central in the goal that we scored as well, and in, in in putting the ball through for 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 Duke. So. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll 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 give him all the credit in this one. Um, having always been in the camp of uh, let's not sit back and just try and hold out for ninety minutes against a team like that. Let's get on the front foot. Let's press them, and that's that's exactly what we did. And um, I know I know it is a bit of a cliche that you'd rather you know if you're you know if you're going to lose at least go go out playing the style of football that you want to do. I mean nobody wants to lose these games, but that was definitely definitely the intent I wanted to see from the team and for a, a, a large 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 spells of the game uh, I thought we were the better team as well um, interesting when you spoke about whether McDonald was going to make it I actually had a, a wee peek a wee sneak insight because I was uh, 
uh, with nothing better to do my Saturday afternoon, I took a, a pleasurable stroll along uh, the Aberdeen beachfront, and I'm pretty certain I, I, I came across um, Angus on on my walks. He was he was along with his with his dog and his baby. Um, so I thought, well, I, I won't bother him. I think uh, I think most professional footballs um, would probably prefer to be left alone in their downtime, and uh, so I left him to his own thoughts. But I did. I was thinking at that point, if uh, if you're taking leisurely strolls down the the, the the beach boulevard the, the 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 day before a twelve o'clock kickoff, it probably indicates that you're not going to be involved. Um, but hopefully he's not he's not far away. Um, and again, um, uh, I had a chance last night to go and have a trip out to watch the the B team in the SPFL Trust. Uh, Reese Williams played, and although. Maybe, maybe not as well as they would have hoped to. At least, at least it's a positive in that he's he's back. He's fit enough to at least get more or less a ninety minutes of football under his belt. So, um, hopefully, good signs that we're starting to get one or two players back with the 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 campaign about to get a lot busier. Yeah, the game the game plan uh, that we had, particularly in the first half, was clear to see. Um, you know, and as you say, it was definitely it was definitely three five two. Um, you know, because there was a I was a worry after we spoke last week. Um, I was concerned that we would perhaps it would be a five and we'd sit um, and just try and invite them on us. And we know what we know what Celtic can do. Um, you know they've got good players. If you if you allow them just to have the have the ball constantly without putting any pressure on them, they're going to they're going to punish you. But I was what I would say was has there ever been such a positive reaction to a three one defeat? I can't think of one recently. Um, in terms of positive reaction to a defeat, I probably the, the the thing that flashes in my mind was getting you know the the never again season ninety four ninety five losing to Kilmarnock when it looked almost certain we we're going to go down, but you know the, the 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 team gave everything and the performance was fantastic, and I think they got a I think they got a standing ovation going off the pitch. So it wasn't wasn't quite that by the end of the match, but. Um, no, I, I, I think I think it does show you that um, for all for all people can be very critical of the the Don support and getting on the backs of the team when they're not doing well and sometimes when they are doing well. Um, most people are, you know, when they, when they truthfully say all they want to see is you know give a good performance against these teams and then hopefully you know you can never control the outcome, but you want to see you want to see the intent, you want to see the performance, and most most right-minded dandies will accept that even if the result doesn't end up going our way so um i suppose the, 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 looking at the other side the only thing is as well that that's two league games in the season and we only have one point to show for it so we're not we're not quite at the hibs level of catastrophe at the moment but um i think what becomes really important is you'll get you'll get an awful lot of uh uh positivity around that kind of performance even though we lose if it's against Celtic if we if we turn around and get bumped out of the league cup on Friday then I think that positive positively will quite quickly diminish but yeah um it was just a a a, a world away and again I'm the worst person for droning back to that but from not you know much less than 12 months ago basically two banks of five defending your 18 yard box and not even trying to get get into their half from that to actually fully pressing them in the possession i think we're essentially man marking in midfield um two strikers up on the center halves um donny palvara early game you know did really well he was really 
really pressing up in, 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 in the front and causing a lot of problems. That's exactly the kind of attitude I want to see from the, the team and, and hopefully that's that's going to be the way that Barry Robson and, and Aberdeen are going to be treating it going forward because again, especially with what will likely be whatever whatever you know European group we, we, we end up, we're going to encounter a lot more teams who are going to be technically much better than us and that's exactly the way I want to see us play against them as well. Yeah, in the first half, I mean, we obviously we concede we concede a goal from to them. They they go one 0 up, um, but we'd done really well up until that point, um, and I think I think they looked a little bit surprised. I don't think they expected us to be so dare I say so positive in the game. But their goal comes from a really soft free kick. Um, I'm not going to whine about the referee today. Um, if you want to, Martin, Martin, you're more than welcome. <laughs> but I see there's just there. Uh, I, I I don't want to do it. Um, it was a very soft free kick, but Ralston turns his back. It was maybe a little bit naive from Shinny because you know what he 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 bought that from them. Um, but it comes from you know as much as I want to say, you know we, we had a positive reaction. We did have we did have a positive reaction. You know, we, you know what they did. You know, and we'll talk about the really good stuff in a moment. Um, some some weak defending for the goal. Maeda shouldn't be winning that header. I think well, was it his head? Was it his shoulder? Um, he shouldn't be winning that anyway. Uh, Mayovsky lets Abada get away from them, and then there's you know what we thought at the time was a controversial goal. Um, and until I saw it, until we got to the pub, I'll be honest. Until we got to the pub after, and I saw a replay of it, I was adamant that it was offside um, and that we'd been cheated. Um, only to be well and truly clamped um, when someone managed to find a clip on Twitter and show us that it was uh, it was onside. Um, but you go down one, go down one nil, and I think that it didn't it didn't allow it didn't allow us to get, to affect us. If you know what I mean? No, it was. We've seen before in games where you know you can see a goal um, perhaps so early in the game. Um, obviously, I say early. It was I think it was a, I think it was ten eleven minutes. You know, we've seen that happen before where we've conceded an early goal and next thing you know we're going in at half time three nil down, and there's people halfway up halfway halfway up Merklin Road. Um, you know, phoning the head of Petodri Bar to get their pints ready. Um, that wasn't that wasn't happening this time. No, it wasn't. I wasn't going to say it was against the run of play, but um, we'd been doing the right things, and it was just something that we'll probably mention more than once while we're talking about their goals. Is a couple of little individual mistakes. I think that's going to be the biggest frustration from the game. That um, for all, for all that the performance was really good. For certainly their first two goals, we've we've just let ourselves down with conceding two really really soft goals. Um, it's, it's so frustrating, and especially when you're playing them, um, the 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 free kick it comes about is one of those things where, in, on the one hand, there's there's barely enough contact for that to be a free kick, and but you know, Tony Rolson is not going to fall down from you know, Graham Shinney coming up in the, on on the back of him. So it's incredibly soft, but we always come back to it. It's just a, it's a daft free kick to give away, considering where you are in the park. What's Ralston going to do from from there? Shinny's goal side of him. What's he going to do? Like nutmeg him, turn him around the corner. So there's there's no need to get that tight against that player. Um, he drops like a sack of tatties, and and now they've got a dangerous free kick opportunity. And then as for the set piece itself, it's one of the things I was thinking about is and again, especially with it being Maeda getting up and get well, getting something on, on it. 
but when you think about the team, is the one thing that we're not lacking for at the moment are players with a lot of height. You've got, you know, um, Slobodan's a, a very big, tall player. Polvara in midfield, really, really tall, really rangy. Um, and, we, you know, we've got a lot of a lot, a, a, a lot of guys that you think we should we should feel confident that they should be able to handle a set piece um, in the area. But it was, you know, just really disappointing that they, they they get that touch in. I mean, it's virtually inside the six yard box. Um, I was the same as you when I watched it live. Um, when it went up as, as offside, yeah, I thought it must have been offside given that Abada was virtually in the goal by the time he was con- getting contact onto it. But you know, VAR doesn't VAR doesn't lie, unfortunately, not at least not for those kind of offside decisions. The only the only galling thing is that that's now two games and two times that we've come off on the wrong side of of VAR or or not or not having VAR because again, going back, so it's last week we've 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 lost out because they haven't checked what I'm sure would have been a penalty um, if if they bothered to go back and it you know shirt shirt tugged in the area and the player's gone down. Very similar to with Ralston. I mean, there's maybe not enough contact for that to happen, but the minute you tumble into someone, you know, you're going to get that given against you. So, for me, didn't get a penalty we should have. And and while the VAR decision was right this time round, you just wish it was consistently applied. Where you you know, if you're getting the right decisions all the time, you you'd, you'd wear it a bit better. But but to your point, uh, you know, the 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 fan, you know, the fans stayed with it, and the, and the team stayed with it. I think there's a real belief in. The way that they're playing, and I think some belief instilled in the players that I think they felt like they they were competing with Celtic at that point, and they they, they were having their moments, and um, it makes such a difference when amongst the support and the team there is a belief that we can go again and, and get something out of it, and so it proved. I mean, we know, or we'll still, well, I'm sure we'll be fine though, because no, they will, but they will balance themselves out over the course of the season, won't they? Oh, obviously, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but what? Twelve thirty minutes later, we find ourselves. Uh, it's one one. Some some excellent play from us. Um, a beautiful ball from Ryan Duncan over over the top to Duke. Uh, that's the best of Duke as well, where he doesn't give up what looks like a lost cause. I mean, I know now Carter Vickers went off at half time. I know we're probably going to hear that Oki was carrying a knock and it was his hamstring or some nonsense like that. But Duke didn't give up on that, and Majowski. Didn't didn't give up. He believes in believes in him as well. The partnership that those two have got. You know, Duke follows it in, thinking he's getting this. You no, know, I know this guy. We're working together, uh, and it was excellent. It's the Duke and Mayowski partnership at its very best. That goal, and you know, that was that. That's a, no, a contender already. We're talking about potentially our goal of the season. I thought it was some wonderful football. Yeah, and arguably the best goal of the four that were scored on on the day, and you know. A real vindication for Ryan Duncan's selection in the team. He, he got the ball and he was kind of a little bit on his back foot when he was getting the pass away, but he's 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 done the right thing. He's he's put it in an area which is challenging their players, and this is what what I've always felt is that for all that for a, for a few seasons for 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 all that Selick when they're when 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 they are playing well, they're they can be a pretty irresistible force, and you know you almost go into expecting they're going to get goals out of the game, but. I've always felt that their their central defenders for a for a number of seasons now are players that you can get at, especially if you can get in behind them. And that's exactly it. So he's got a ball which you're exactly right, Martin. It, it puts Carter Vickers under pressure. Um, for a lot of a lot of people rave about him, but you know 
turning circle of a freighter. Um, and then complete opposite, Duke, exactly the kind of guy that's going to go and, and, and chase that kind of opportunity, gets gets goal side of him, gets gets to the byline first. Um, and Miofsky, again, that's kind of a good aspect. I think we talked about how good a relationship Duke and Miofsky were developing last season, even, even though it didn't necessarily always um, result in direct assists and goals between the two, but this is our, our, our first goal of the season. That's exactly what it was. Duke getting the ball in the box and Miofsky read it really early. Um, beat, beats his man by, you know, he's got he's got a good yard ahead of him and it's essentially a tap-in by the time he, he gets it in the six-yard box. So um, for me, that was the best crafted goal of, 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 of the afternoon. And again, uh, a justification in the self-belief within the team at that time didn't didn't let their heads go down and um, give a really good account of themselves. Yeah. Now, they scored four or five minutes later, but before I talk about I want to talk about some of our play in the first half because we did really well, and I think we created probably more chance more chances um, against them than we would probably have, um, and certainly in a few games at home anyway. Um, down there, you know, it's a, it's a different ball game, but... You, know, you have obviously the chance the, the free kick, um, one from the training ground, uh, I assume, um, chipped in. Um, I think it was Polvara headed it back and Shinny, Shinny heads it over. Um, you know, if we're being hypercritical, oh, you're maybe wanting, you know, I'm, I don't want to use the, I uh, should be doing better there, but you know, it was a good, really good bit of play, really good chance for us. Um, obviously, there was the, um, the, cut, the cutback as well. For and for, for Polvara's chance, uh, no. This is what we need to, we, and this is the kind of chances we need to be having. We need to be making sure that they're getting work to you know. In this, I think even in this, you know, in the second half, you know, Hart was having to come out. He was having to make some, you know, he was punching, you know, wild, wild, wild swings at these sort of things. He wasn't. He's not. He's not one for catching, is he? He's one for punching, and we should be put. You no, know, try to put them under pressure, and that's what was. That's what was good to see. You know, not just a passive Aberdeen side hoping for a counter attack. Actually, taking the, taking the game and looking like we were going to get something from it. Yeah, you're saying you don't you, the 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 shitty opportunity. You don't want to say you should have done better, but you should have done better, shouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> that that's the one where well, it's maybe a couple of moments, but certainly at that point, that's the one where you're thinking it's it's a again training ground free kick routine clearly. Um, Polvara's really laid it up. No, I don't want to say quite in a plate for him because again, I mean he's you know. There, there is a lot of work to do for there, but you do feel if he, if he, if he, if he just been able to get over the ball a bit more and placed it, you know, I don't think there's much the goalkeeper would have been able to do with it if he managed it. And 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 funnily enough, it's something that since since Shinny's come back, it's something that he's you know we've been really noticeable at the, the tail end of last season and and in, and pre-season now, you know, making those drives in the box and and he has scored a few with his head in recent times. So um, it was a huge opportunity, and you know. At that point, you're potentially going in two one up. You know, Celtic's under a lot of pressure. Then suddenly, and that you could have been looking at a completely different result at that point. But you know, that's we we all know that it's one thing. I mean, and, and again, it is one thing creating these opportunities, and and that is good. That was that was some of the real positives. Is that you know, we're not we're not going back ruining. There was this one chance to score a goal. We actually had numerous opportunities throughout the game to, to get on the score sheet. But you just know in these games, as I say, you know that Celtic's likely going to manage to score in the game, so you know you're going to have to be pretty clinical with the opportunities again. If you and if you if you if if you don't, that that's the result you're going to get. But 
you're absolutely right, Martin. We 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 created a lot of opportunities through the game, and I thought. Again, the possession stats don't necessarily bear that out. Where I think, I mean, Celtic ended up with like two thirds of the possession, and um, you know, probably more of the opportunities and goal. But I definitely came away from that feeling there were spells where I thought we were the better team out of the two games. And as we all know, being the better team doesn't always necessarily mean you know dominating the possession stats. It's about you know um, how you control the game. And there was a lot of times where. Um, we were the, the high press was definitely putting Celtic under a lot of pressure in the first half, and I think understand as as you always fear it's understandable as you get in you know you get further into the game it becomes it becomes harder and harder to maintain that, and I think I think you know getting ahead of ourselves, but when you get to the final goal, I think that's an example of O'Reilly's completely unmarked because again you know he's been those guys were getting man marked earlier in the match, and then you know once you're 80 minutes in the game, it's incredibly hard to keep that up for an entire 90 minutes. But um, there was definitely spells in that match where we had the upper hand, and, and as you say, if we just managed to take one or two opportunities at key moments, it could have been a completely different result. Yeah, and like I say, obviously they scored about four or five minutes after us. Now I'm going to put something to you here um, that you know, not having a go at Devlin and not having a go at Big Slob. Um, I still haven't learned how to say his surname. I won't be learning how to say his surname. Big, um, Big Ruby. Should, <laughs> should he... Like, like Devlin obviously heading that ball back. You know, Kyogo sneakily waiting in an, off, in an offside position. Um, obviously, he's not offside, though, because you know, we play it back. But he's you know, sneakily waiting there just for any opportunity. Takes his chance. We've seen him We've seen him do it before. Um, it's part of part of his game. It's you know, fair play to him for, for, for trying that. Um Devlin obviously headers it back. I think I know to give him the benefit of the doubt. I think he's unsighted in terms of he's watching the ball, and he and he can't watch the ball and see Kyogo as well. But should um, Slob be giving him a shout and taking the ball and the man, taking out the ball, ball and the man, and send it and heading that ball right into the main stand? Um, possibly, but. I'm actually gonna I'm gonna lie on giving Devlin the, the 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 clump and the blame in that regard because he didn't and once he didn't Devlin's in a situation where he has to deal with that and and I always feel in these things that if you if you feel you're forced into a situation where you're heading blind never if it's heading if it's passing never head back towards goal if you're not a hundred or, or you know ninety nine percent certain that that where where you're heading it is back into your goalkeeper's arms. Um, so yeah, you, you might be critical because again, you know, Rubicic in that setup is a guy that should be taking care of that in the middle of the park, and he, and 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 he didn't. But if it ends up being you that has to do that, then it was actually it's not it's not just that he's you know had an unsighted header back and is hoping he's getting it back to the goalkeeper. It's actually a really poor header. Even if Kyogo wasn't there, he's Roos is actually still in his line when he heads it back, and and the header I think barely barely reaches the kind of edge of the, the edge of the penalty box. Yeah, so he's, Roos he's is a good enough to come out and head it himself or give it or kick it, isn't he? Yeah. So so you put even if Kyogo wasn't there, you've you've immediately put in your goalkeeper under pressure because he's now gone from being on his line to having to come out and, and deal with that. And then the fact that Kyogo's sitting offside, I mean, as, as, as you say, he's not offside. And again, I was, I was speaking about that with some friends in, in, in the stand because it's one of those things where, you know, is it a fair rule where, you know, nowadays, because again, 
it's 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 deemed that yeah it's a new it's a new phase of play where like the goalkeeper has basically hoofed it up the park with I think he'll go I think somebody else was offside as well it might be Nevada, um and then once your defenders headed it it's a new phase of play and they're onside but. At the end of the day, that's what the rule is, and everybody knows it. We are doing it ourselves. A, a, a tactic that we were employing a lot of our free kicks was Duke was basically loitering ten meters offside of the position in the knowledge of, and that's the whole that's the whole point of having the guys there is exactly that. That if if a defender gets gets ahead or a clearance slightly wrong, you you're in a position to capitalize it. So so we're 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 as well aware as any other club what the rules are, and we we would try and capitalize that in exactly the same way. Um, I don't think it's hypercritical to say that you shouldn't be just doing unsighted headers back towards your goalkeeper unless you're absolutely certain. Head it wide, concede a concede a throw in, concede a corner if you have to, and at least you've got an opportunity to 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 you know re, regroup. So I would still have most of the blame on Devlin for that goal. Having said that, I actually thought once I mean he, he certainly had some other moments where he was under a lot of pressure in the game, but give him full credit for the reaction because again a lot of other a lot of other players the head could have gone down and it could have affected the rest of their game if anything he actually really took that as a kick up the arse and 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 he did incredibly well for the rest of the match um it was noticeable i think a few people commented on i saw commenting on that after the game he 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 was almost taking that ramadani approach of you know he was gesturing to the fans and trying to g up the support and g up the other players and again he Having come from a leadership role at Livingston, I think he's definitely going to be one of those players that, that that's going to uh, going to be taking up that mantle. I think it will help that once we get some of our central defenders back and he gets to play back at what's probably going to be his uh, eventual position in the right wing back role. I think you'll, that will help him as well. It'll be a bit more of a comfortable position, but. Um, if you want to take anything, I, I mean, anybody can make a mistake in a game. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to crucify him for that. Um, he, he's account, you know, he himself will know he's accountable for it, and he, he saw that. He, but you know, it was good. I saw a number of the players went up and you know just gave him a tap in the head and gave him a reassurance just to make sure he was all right. And again, maybe getting ahead of ourselves again. But the the thing I remember, I'll remember and take from that game is tracking back to save what would have been an absolutely certain goal from Maeda in the second half and get putting his literally putting in his body on the line to get a goal line clearance. So as much as you want to blame him for conceding that goal, we lose a goal in the second half unless he's making the effort to get back on the line and clear that. So I that's exactly that's I'm not necessarily you know, trying to put a was the portion of blame on him or or Big Slob. I just no I did want to say that he, like like you say he played really well. Um I think that probably against some other teams in the league, he probably gets away with that. Um, it's just that it's something that you know, Kyogo does, um, and we've been we've been caught out. You know, it's it's like it's it's not a good header. No, um, and it's unfor- it's unfortunate. You know, first home game, he wants to impress, and you know, and it just it's it's un- it's, un- it's unfortunate. It's frustrating, but you know, it's it's these individual individual errors that. And while I obviously was it wasn't a hundred percent. Serious with the suggestion of you know big slob should just take the devil and the ball out. If this is sort of thing where if they're going to be playing games together, which I imagine they'll probably still be playing together on Friday, you know, with games comes comes a partnership, comes an understanding. They'll get to know each other better. I'm not going to pretend to know how good um, Rubicic's uh, English English is in terms of just you know, your general communication, other than oot man on. This sort of stuff, you know, you know what I mean. So you know, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see. And like I said, the, the longer they play together, um, 
the perhaps the more of a more a partnership and understand they'll build up. Yeah, so, I mean, and you have to be realistic again. That's 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 their second competitive game together, and with the best world in the world again, that is. Uh, and again, I know a lot of people comment on it. How, how many people were predicting we were going to start the season with a back three that was going to be Devlin, Rubicic, and McKenzie? I mean, um, you know, so that has come together at pretty short notice. It's likely not going to be the back three that we end up with going through the season. And I think sometimes we just have to acknowledge, you know, you can't you can't talk about how important it is to have that you know relationship amongst the back two or the back three, and then expect three guys just to cobble together in a couple of weeks and be able to you know get that instantly when you're playing the best team in the country. Um, so yeah, I'm, you know, as I say, it's a it's a bad it's a bad mistake, and you know I think Devlin's cul- cul- most culpable in relation to the goal. But again, it's not it's not anything I'm going to lose too much sleep over on a one off event. And you're exactly right, Martin. It's it it just becomes unfortunate that that. That kind of uh, slip up is normally the kind of thing where if if that falls to the boots of a, a lesser striker, we might we maybe get away with it. But it falls to Kyogo and he brings down first touch. And again, I, I, I'm glad I'm glad you actually talked about that because again, I think with any other striker, I think Devlin actually probably catches him up because that's another thing that I want to give Devlin a lot of credit for that. I remember, and I'm especially thinking back to that six-nil game against Hibbs, where there were a couple of a couple of guys where when they were when they'd made a mistake and some Hibbs guy was betting at a goal, they just stopped and gave up on it. And Devlin didn't do that with that either, and he actually was incredibly unlucky. He got, he got incredibly close to actually chasing that down and getting the block in. And I think if that had been anyone else other than Kyogo, who just managed to get it in his first touch and get the ball away, I think he would have actually recovered it. So. Yeah, it's one of those things. I think you're absolutely right. Against virtually any other team, we might get away with that. And unfortunately, it was it was Celtic and Kyogo. It's also lucky that he's qu- he's quick as well because uh, Slob isn't. Um, <laughs> as 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 we found, what um, what that's something that he's he's not he's not he's not blessed with too much too much pace. So. Um, yeah, I, I think interesting going forward. I mean, obviously, we'll ha- we know we're going to have changes at centre half. You know, it's like I'm, I'm, I'm a bit loath to criticise them, um, criticise the centre half partnerships this early in the season when, you know, we've, you know, we've only played a, we've only played a couple of games. Um, I don't want to be, I don't want to, don't want to be going overboard because we know fine it will change. Yeah, and I think it, it, it's another good example. I, just, I, I just laughed because I remember we, we we passed each other in the South Stand concourse at half time, and I think there was a an exchange about um, some concerns on that front with regards to Rubicic. I think he's not uh, he's not going to be the paciest of central defenders or necessarily the most mobile either. Um, but I always kind of feel that the way is that sometimes we have, we've had that criticism for some of our defenders in the past. And again, with, with, it, with having just played Celtic, I always think about someone like Andy Considine that always got heaps of grief when they ever played Celtic and he'd probably do something that got himself sent off in five minutes or be getting turned inside out by a, a James Forrest or a, or an Aidan McGeady. And I, and I think, again, you just have to sometimes say, you know, sometimes when you're playing that level of player, you are just going to, you're going to struggle. Like I'm thinking, you know, like the, the one in the first half where he, where he, and again, he's done the right thing because there wasn't support then he's gone out to try and meet Maeda out on Maeda's left flank. And he's basically just nipped it past him and completely ran a circle around him. That'll happen against better players. I think you just got, again. Sometimes I think you just got to accept that um, um, you know some of our players in in certain matchups are really going to struggle being they're put in that situation. But I think that's where it's equally important 
as we said beforehand, that you need to develop that relationship amongst your defenders. And and from Barry Robson's perspective, you're probably thinking about that as well as who are the players that you put around Rubicic in that case then to be able to, to have a, a back three that's complementing each other and, you know, they'll they'll bring their own strength and weaknesses to that. So yeah, I'm not I'm not panicking too much about that. And and as you say, that that's not going to be the final back three setup that we're going to be playing in a in a month or so's time. So plenty of time to develop on that front. Second half comes, um, and no ch- no changes at half time, um, but I felt I thought it seemed to be we were going up we we're going a little bit more direct now or longer shall we say? Um, did you know the the press in the first half? Obviously, it's going to take it out of you. Um, you know, I fully understand that. Um, it seemed to take a, take it out of us. I know. If we're being honest, I think I think the third goal comes just because there were guys out and their guys out on their feet. Um, Really, I mean, you saw at the end of the last fifty minutes of the game, Morris, Morris basically was could barely could barely stand. Um, at times, he was constantly down trying to stretch and things like that. Um, you know, I think you know we did we did the Duke sorry went off for Sockler on about 75, 76 minutes, I think it was. Um, but other than that, you know, no subs again. Um, you know, Morris was struggling. I thought that Clarkson was really starting to struggle as well. Even Shinny looked like he was starting to get a bit leggy. You know, we've got no. I, I, I don't. I don't want to do this every week about Bazawin, but Bazawin's <laughs> on the bench, and we know he's quick. He'll he, run. He can run and give you something for five five minutes. Connor Barron's on the bench. He, you know, he will run and give you energy for energy for five minutes. Um, instead, doesn't make any subs. And I know, no, I think we've established that maybe he doesn't have no the greatest of faith in some of the guys on the bench. But with Baron, he should. You know, he he put, he put them in the team. You know, Bavage Bavage could have came on. He's he's gonna he's gonna run for you because you know he's just a young lad. I, I don't want to go overboard on on Robson, but you know it's it's two one, and if you make some changes, you can maybe get maybe get something out of the game. Instead, he makes just makes the one change, um, and. Nothing really. Nothing comes other than they 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 get a third goal against a very tired Aberdeen team. Yeah, Th- this is going to be a running theme for the rest of the season. I feel because it does seem like this is the way that Barry Robson wants to approach this. In that he will put a lot of faith in the players that he wants to give game time to. Um, he came out after the match. And I think he was pretty bullish in his defence of his tactics and decision making there like um effectively saying you know you, uh, you're not seeing what i'm seeing on the training training ground and um and and that's that's perfectly valid but i think it then becomes important that if he's genuinely looking at that squad and he's thinking these are only 12 guys out of that current squad that that i'm willing to really really trust at this stage um it does pose some questions with regards to what the future is going to be for some of those other guys and i think I think with uh, Vinny, I think the frustration th- frustrating thing is I think a lot of us looked at that and there was a lot of us that saw a player in him um, before he became one of the, 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 the number of casualties under the Jim Goodwin era where, you know, that that may well be the one trait, trait, trait that both of those managers have is that, you know, if he doesn't see a role in, for you in the team, then you just don't get you just don't get game time. So he kind of fell out of favour with Goodwin and ended up going out on loan. And But I think a number of us were quite hopeful that with him coming back and set up, he might have had a similar experience to what um, Morris and Polvara have had, and maybe get an opportunity to to get a run out. And and as you say, that when you're 
when you're two one down in the second half, and a lot of the play, clearly a lot of the players were, were were out in their feet with you know. So so I, I actually thought it's I actually thought it would be a kind of a natural that if you're asking your players to go out and press that emphatically for that long, that at the very least you'd have had you know two or three changes in, amongst the front, the you know the front the front two, and maybe maybe Polvara and been asked to do a lot of the running. I say shitty. I agree. I think he looked a bit leggy by the end of it as well. I think, you know, um, it would have it would have made sense to get some more players out. You know, even just to even just to kind of get some game time out for some of these guys and see what they can do. Um, and Alfie Bavage is a good example as well. I'm thinking, you know, in recent times we've had big games where a number of young guys who sadly never really had any greater involvement with us, but you know. Got got an opportunity late in the game and 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 got goals for us. I think Frank Ross and Bruce Anderson in games against Rangers in the recent past. So you know when you when you give those, I mean, Bavage has clearly got all the talent in the world. And you know if he okay, he's maybe not again of a of an age and stage where you can throw him on for a, a huge amount of time. But you know you feel give him give him ten ten fifteen minutes and an opportunity to sniff around the 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 Celtic back line and and you know latch on to an opportunity and he, he might well have been able to do something for us. But again, it's that kind of frustrating thing, especially with some of our younger players. If you're not going to trust them at all for with any kind of game time, then then you're never going to know. And and I'm glad you touched on Connor Barron. It is, it's the, that's the oddest one because again, he was the one that in Barry Robson's first interim uh, position in charge, um, you know, he, he gave him his first start in the team and, 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 you know, he never looked back that season. And then maybe, again, maybe maybe um, his head got turned with some rumours about some of the clubs that might have been interested in him and he, and he maybe went off. But again, I thought, you know, with the pre-season, this would have been a really opportunity. And I thought, again, especially once Ramadani went out, I think most most of us felt Pulvara was going to be the person that was going to get that opportunity. And on Merrick, he did really well in pre-season. But I thought, Along with Ryan Duncan as well, but um, I thought Connor Barron was one of the guys that that was a real opportunity for him to really stake his stake his plate his take his case for getting in the team again. And with guys like you know someone like Shinny, you know, uh, looking leggy at the end, it would have been a, a natural substitution to make and give him some time. And maybe maybe against a team he would have liked to impress against as well. But again, not getting that opportunity. And we'll come to it later on. But it'll be interesting to see if. Um, he he continues to stick with that kind of the core of that team against Sterling Albion because while again I don't want to contradict myself because I do actually prefer that kind of a tr- approach of trying and play as strong a team as possible and and try and win these games you know you would maybe expect there to at least be a little bit of changeover in the Sterling Albion game and if it doesn't happen against Sterling Albion you do then start to wonder is there ever going to be an opportunity for some of these guys and and it probably means conversely it, it puts an awful lot more pressure on what transfer activity we manage to do for the remainder of the transfer window because if you're saying those are the only 12 guys I really trust right now 12 isn't going to cut it for this season we're going to need to rely on a lot of these players uh, a lot more of these players in the future yeah. so yeah that was this that was Selick. I mean no it's, it's gone now I mean we should we had, we had really good chances goals were avoidable probably should have at least had one more ourselves um, but as we said, Martin, I think you know there's there's plenty to there's plenty to take from that, plenty of positives to glean from it, um, and we can look we can look certainly look forward to the the rest of the games against to the so the so called lesser teams, 
where if we can put together some of that type of football, then we're going to get good results. Absolutely. Um, I think I think I think the only thing now, though, as I said beforehand, it's all fine and well saying we've performed really well but not got a result. At some point, we are going to have to start getting results. Um, so it's way too early to panic on that front. But again, I think we've we've seen we've seen what the guys can do over the last couple of games. Um, it was it was disappointing that we couldn't produce more at Livingston, but again, understandable with the way the opposition are playing and and, and you know. Again, I thought it was a bit ironic, one or two, that I think uh, Brendan Rodgers and uh, uh, Callum McGregor moaning about, you know, the state of the, the, state of the pitch at Petaudry, and I'm thinking, Christ, you really won't enjoy Callum and Phil. <laughs> but, um, but um, yeah, performing well but not getting results will only cut it for so long. At some point, we're yeah. going to have to start getting results to back that up, and hopefully that will be sooner rather than later. Absolutely. So moving on. Uh, we're going to be, we'll briefly briefly talk about the, the women's team had their first game of the season. We're going to briefly talk about that. Um, what we will be doing is throughout the season, and uh, we brought you a, a special episode last season, um, purely on on the women's team, focusing on them. Uh, Martin's going to be bringing you bringing you that as the season goes on. We'll have some special guests and things to talk about. Um, like I say, Martin, it was their first first game of the season this weekend. You hot footed it out <laughs> the door for, out the door from uh, Petodri up to the game. Uh, how was it? Uh, I, I I didn't hop for it. I taxied it. I was I was I was I was uh, yeah. I was I was trying to work out because like in your head you're thinking oh, it'll be enough time to go and, like grab a bus and get across. And then of course reality dawns when you leave the ground and you know there's like you know hundreds of people trying to get on the number ones and two to get into town. So I thought no, that's not going to cut it. So I I, I walked I hot footed it part of the way and then um, committed probably more funds than I probably would have wanted to on a taxi to get to the ground in time but uh yeah um <laughs> as you probably know I'm I'm quite the quite the connoisseur of Aberdeen games at uh all all levels so whether 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 it's the the men's team the women's team under 18s but um uh I was glad to be there for the first game of the the women's season and actually a really encouraging performance and a really important result so for 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 those that had been following uh, the women's team over the last couple of seasons, this is now their third season in, in SWPL one. The the, the the top tier had an incredibly successful first season where we exceeded all expectations by finishing in the top half of the table. Uh, but a bit more of a come down last season where we we finished ninth out of twelfth. But for for a long longer period of the season than anybody we wanted, we were probably flirting with the playoff spot and potentially having to play a relegation playoff to stay in the league, but we, we managed to avert that with a, a couple of games to go. So this season, I think the realistically we're in a situation where we're so we're, we're currently in the region having maybe seven or eight of our players on semi-professional contracts. So there's probably five in the teams, um, Rangers, Celtic and Glasgow City, notably, but also Hibs and Hearts are probably operating, uh, you know, a, a different level to us in terms of the kind of financial input that's going into the, the team and the players that are involved. Um, and I think what would what would represent meaningful improvement this season is if we get ourselves in that battle for the sixth place, which would be the, the final spot to get us into the top six. And the teams that we're probably going to be competing with for that will be Park Thistle and our opponents last Sunday, Motherwell. So to take on Motherwell on the first game of the season, who you know, beat us the last couple of times we played us at the tail end of last season. Um, and we got a very, very credible 3-2 win. So that hopefully 
uh, augurs well for the rest of the season. But it was just interesting to see how they how they performed. Um, we've got a new manager in place, Clint Lancaster, and notably um, he is in post on uh, a full time basis. So it's our first full time dedicated women's coach, and you could tell that made a lot of difference. There's clearly been a lot of work he's done with the team in in in, in pre season. Um, uh, as with Barry Robson, he's he's gotten he's he's setting them up in a very specific way with three at the back, uh, a change around of some players. So one or two players playing in very unfamiliar positions from where they were last season. Um, for for anyone that follows the team, Je- Jess Broderick, who would have been playing um, left back central defence in previous seasons, was out in the right midfield, um, and the other way around, Chloe Gover, who would have been one of our midfielders last season, was left centre back. But um, clearly. Clint's had a look at the players. He's he's looked at the attributes of them. Um, maybe had a maybe brought a fresh take to how how he wants us to play, but also where he wants to see some of the players playing. Um, so quite refreshing. He was doing a lot of proactive coaching from the bench as well. Um, and in terms of the performance, really really encouraging. Um, and uh, a special mention for uh, a couple of players. Um, a, a debutant on the day was uh, Ab Black, who I understand it was. Her seventeenth birthday on the day that she got her her uh, debut in the, in starting in the first team and um, got a win out of that as well. And then at the other end of the pitch, Bailey Hutchison doing exactly what she does best. She she really is often the the difference between two closely closely contested sides. Um, absolutely clinical in front of goal and grabbed another brace on Sunday, which ended up being you know, being the difference between winning and, and losing on the day. So, yeah, a really encouraging start. Really good to see. Um, it'll be interesting to see how things develop. And as you say, and as we said beforehand, we're, we'll be hoping to do a few more dedicated podcasts on the women's team going forward. And uh, we have one of those in the pipeline already in, in pre-production stage. And we'll be hopefully able to bring that to, to you in the next few weeks. Good stuff. And as you mentioned, no, you're just you're just desperate to watch teams in red. So you're 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 also my roving reporter for the evening. You were um you were at the SPFL Trust Trophy game last night, um five three defeat to Peterhead. Uh, now you mentioned you mentioned Reese Williams earlier. Obviously, no, I mean that's what the that's why everybody was really keeping an eye on it. They were wanting to know. You no, know, he played ninety minutes. So how did he look? Um, you know, based on all reports. He didn't excel, but it's ninety minutes in his legs because I think he's only played forty-five minutes of of football while he's been up here. Um, I guess I guess the real thing is great. He's got he's got ninety minutes in his legs. Um, you know, unf- no, never want to see Aberdeen losing. Um, but was there any who who else was a standout for you in the game? Well, come come at Reese Williams first. I mean, yeah, I'd, I'd I'd have to say. I mean. It sounds like some of the immediate reaction may well have been very strongly uh, negative with regards to the performance. And again, I'm not gonna, uh, I'm not gonna shy away from it. He, he, he did struggle at times during the game last night. Um, but I mean, we have to be realistic that it's exactly as you say. He's come, he's 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 come back from what seemed to have been a quite what a quite concerning injury. So again, you can't have your cake and eat it. A lot a lot of people were commenting when. So I think. I think it was broken. I think the Evening Express actually ran something earlier in the day where it was first mentioned that it was likely he was going to get a game. And I think most of us were actually quite surprised that he was back that quickly. So I think it'd be quite cute to say on the one hand that we're really impressed he's back and playing 
you know, competitive football so quickly after an injury where we thought he was going to be out for much longer and then be overly critical when he's maybe not, you know, quite at, at match speed and match fitness when he when he does come back. Um, but yeah, he did he did struggle a bit on the night. I think there was one he got he got booked in the game, and I think that was the kind of the 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 the, the, the kind of takeaway, and it summed up his game. Where I think I can't remember which head player it was, but the the player managed to turn him, and I think. You'd have been a fan of this, Martin, because he, he he kind of uh, wrestled this guy to the ground basically after he got caught out. Um, um, so the, the two of them ended up kind of collapsing in the middle of the park, and he got a yellow card for it. So it was it was that kind of game. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's I'm I'm not I'm not I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt for the meantime. It's way way too soon to start making snap judgments about how he's going to be going 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 onwards. But it does seem like I'm. It might be interesting to see how they how they manage his gradual reintroduction into the team because I think at the moment until there's any further business I think the idea is he'll take Nicky Devlin's position in the right centre back position to allow Devlin to go out to right back I think I think that's what they have in mind but um, yeah right now he's probably he's probably a bit off the pace yet and it, it, it probably depends on how Barry Robson wants to judge that does he does he want to take the 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 comparative risk of maybe putting him in still slightly undercooked against Sterling Albion, but getting the benefits of getting the more game time, because I think in the longer term, what you want to do is get these players ready for when we're, you know, playing Hacken or or, or, or Zalgris in the in the in Europa playoff league. So that'll be an interesting balancing act. In terms of other players on on on, on the day, the the uh goal scorers on the day, um first goal was uh scored by Alfie Stewart after a, a lovely through ball in from Finlay Marshall. Uh, and then in the second half they 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 returned the favour for each other. Alfie Alfie with the Alfie Stewart with the, the swung in corner kick and, and Finlay Marshall with the header to get the goal. I thought both of those players they, they were they were both in the midfield three and uh, I thought they were the two standouts in the game. Babbage got in the score sheet as well. Um taken out by uh the, the goalkeeper for, for, former Aberdeen goalkeeper blessing in, in goal for full full time now uh, for Peter Head. Um I thought it was a little bit harsh in the penalty, but I mean end of the day, Babbage got to the ball first and the goalkeeper took him out, so you know, it, it is a penalty. So got on the score sheet again, very active, looked pretty lively, but to be honest, I think he did start showing um, you know, a bit of frustration as as the game got away for for those that don't know, we were we were three two up late in the game, but I think as the second half progressed, I think uh, Pierre Head started kind of dominating the game more again. I think it's a big ask when you're asking kind of 17, 18 year olds to go ninety minutes against a you know a, a proper senior football team. So we were three two up, but Pierre Head ended up coming back to win five three, uh, and I think Babbage noticeably up front was getting a bit frustrated taking it out on the linesman with a couple of decisions later on in the game. But again, that's understandable, and well, you know. I think I think for some of these players you'll learn an awful lot more from a genuinely competitive game like that than 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 you will um, in some of the kind of casts under eighteen elite league games, which while they're great for development, it's it's not the same as these kind of genuinely competitive games. Um, so we'll 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 see what happens. I think that will probably be the last time that some of those players will be playing together. I think for Babbage, he'll he will start seeing a little bit more time. So, well, certainly, I think he's pretty much nailed on to be involved in the match day squads, but hopefully, start seeing a bit of time on the pitch. As for others, again, I think I said in the podcast before the end of last season, uh, Finlay Marshall to me looked the most match ready or match ready or you know 
top level already and I'd like to see him get an opportunity in the near future um, and another guy that seemed to quit himself really well was uh, uh, the, Northern, the Northern Irish Youth International Brandon Hamilton the left back he for that age group is noticeable in that um, I think for some of the younger guys you know it's a, it's a big ask going up against some senior professionals but he definitely seems up for kind of getting in, in the thick of things and getting into challenges with a lot of older players so again I think he would he would fare very well and especially if you're getting in situations where you know uh, like you know Johnny, Hay- Johnny Hayes isn't available or Ryan Duncan is having to sub in Hamilton's a guy that I think could have easily gone into maybe not against Celtic obviously but could have easily gotten into a game and and uh and did well um maybe those opportunities are going to obviously diminish a bit once uh once we get James McGarry in but um I think that's always going to be the difficulty we have an awful lot of you know promising young players and it's noticeable how young some of these players actually are because most of these guys have returned from the under 18 campaign last season so the fact that they're all still eligible to be playing under 18s this season tells you a lot about you know um how young that group actually is and um, for a, for a, for a few of them, I think the future is probably going to be they'll 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 do a lot better off getting loan spells elsewhere. Um, Adam Emsley was an example. He was playing up front with Babbage, and uh, the game was at North Lodge Park, and I think he's playing with for Martin this season. So there'll be a number of them where I think you know loan opportunities will be the way forward for them. But uh, yeah, I really enjoy going to see the under 18s play, and it is uh, good 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 to see how they get on and get a get a good feel for them before they they hopefully. Uh, graduate to the first team squad. That's that's just you being the football hipster, where you can say I like their first album. That's <laughs> I was into them when their first EP came out. That sort of thing. Rich, that's more that's more Richard sort of thing actually, rather than yours. Now I'm, I'm doing I'm doing you a disservice there. <laughs> <laughs> the, the only other thing I want to say in regards to that is I, I I I feel I feel like I need to say because that's the third uh, SPFL Trust Trophy game that I've seen this season, and I don't want to get people get the impression that I'm like a pro Colts person because they've all involved a Colts team um but I I'm very much I'm very much not pro Colts I'm I'm pro going and seeing football at all at all levels and uh at all vagaries um and uh, as it happens it just happens to be involving B teams so while I would I would prefer and I'd prefer it to be a situation where we weren't kind of rolling with B teams I, I must admit it's a good opportunity when Aberdeen's getting games like that against, or those kids are getting games against teams like Peterhead, or I'm thinking a couple of seasons ago where they managed to beat our, our what you know what was a championship challenging our pro team, albeit they'd made a number of changes. But I think those kind of games, you you, you do get a much better feel for how how those players are developing and and and, and you know how close they might be to first team action going forward. Now, before we come to Friday's match against Stirling Albion, um, of course, because we were on the telly on Sunday, um, and because one of our players played well, of course, there's rumours of people going <laughs> to buy him. Um, it's, how, it's, it's, it's how it always happens. I mean, usually this sort of stuff comes up in, in the build-up to a game against Celtic or the build-up to a game against Rangers. Um, but I guess following last year's, um, shall we say, cup exploits, um, Anything, anything they can do to disturb Aberdeen is probably is probably you no, know, is on the cards. So Duke, um, there's been rumours of today. Um, apparently, again, you can only go and buy the reports. Four English Championship clubs, um, had him watched, which I'm sure probably means that four English Championship club scouts were sitting watching Sky Sports on Sunday afternoon. Um, rumour, of course, rumour obviously, of course, is one of them is Southampton, Martin. Um. Can't think why the 
the director of football <laughs> person that's there would would know anything about Duke. Um, seems like a bit of a lazy a lazy connection, but you know it is what it is. I mean, but Robson's batted this away, hasn't he? He's just Robson says, you know, he's my player. Do you want him? Brilliant. No, well, pick up the phone. Yeah, I, I used to rate Darren Mowbray, but now you can get the fuck. It's like, <laughs> yeah. but but yeah, I mean, it's absolutely it's it's no surprise that um a team that's uh, uh re- recruited your head of recruit of, of 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 player recruitment is identifying the same players that he was identifying for 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 us. Um, but uh, yeah, Barry Robson's dealt with it in the right way, and and again, I, I hope that's backed up. Uh, at the higher level, I mean, certainly the likes of Dave Cormack and Alan Burrows have made the right noises in relation to wanting to hold on to the good players that we have. Again, unless we all know if if a silly if a silly silly money move comes in, we might be in a situation where we 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 really have to think about that. But unless it is absolutely daft, um, all of us, especially with a couple of years still in his contract, I think all of us would much prefer to see him strut his stuff on the European stage. Um, in an Aberdeen shirt, and um, again, I don't get the feeling that Duke's the kind of player that would get his head turned in the way that others might. Um, he really genuinely seems to love playing in Aberdeen. He's, he really seems to enjoy himself. And for for me, the the big thing is Duke is of a level that if I was in his ear about that, I would be saying, you know, I mean, with all with all respect to Ross McCrory, he did really well for us. It's one thing when you're going to Bristol City, but it's another thing like with Ramadani for getting an opportunity to play CRA football or like with Lewis Ferguson beforehand. And I think I would be saying to Duke, you're maybe, well, you know, again, it's all, it's all opinions, but arguably Duke's a bigger talent than all of those guys. So why would you be settling for a, a deal with a championship team when for me, I'd be saying, wait, wait for some of the, the really big teams in some of the really big leagues in Europe to come forward because that will definitely come if he continues playing the way that he did last season, um, so as long as we're as long as as, as, a, as a club, we are willing to hold on our players and and wait for the right offer, not only the right offer for us but the right offer for him. Um, I don't see any reason why 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 he should be leaving the club in the meantime. And again, it's one of those things. I do I do think we still do need a, a, a couple more players in through the door to fill some you know pretty obvious gaps in. The, in the team, but again, one of the best bits of business we could come out with at the end of August is is Dukin Miofsky in particular, still being in the still being the starting line lineup come the start of September. Yeah, I was impressed with impressed with Robson's response. Um I did also like that he um I think the quote he said was that I read at lunchtime today was we're trying to build a football team. Um I don't want to be sitting here putting out a team that or a squad that's got six or seven loans in it. Uh, which I really liked, um, you know, because you know, I know you had to do what you had to do last season to get in guys like, you know, bringing Mark and Day and all this type of lads, you know, just, but I really like, I really like seeing that. I think, you know, he's, he's, he's saying the right things. Perhaps he's just telling me what I want to hear, but that, but I'm also fine with that. Um, I'm more than happy with that. So, yeah, but again, no, no. If they want him, let's make the silly offer. You know, Darren Mowbray, you know, look, you've got your parachute payment in the in the hipper now. Um, we'll start the bidding very high because this guy's this that guy's going places. So, yeah. um, you know, he he's, he won't be leaving for he won't be leaving for peanuts like we've seen guys guys know sneak off in the past. So on Friday, Sterling Albion away in the League Cup. 
Um, so they came up, they were League Two champions last season. Um, not that it matters, but they're second in their table with six points. They've only, I mean, obviously only played two games, so there's nothing you can really gain from that. Um, I'm going to ask you a stupid question here, Martin. Now, obviously we have a different manager from last season when we played certain cup games, but, and I think I probably, either I said this to Richard or Richard said this to me, um, but this time we aren't taking any silly chances here, are we? We are a professional outfit and we'll do the business with minimal fuss. You'd certainly hope so. I think the only question is, are we making a few, two or three changes to the team to freshen it up, or is Barry Robson going to stick to the Barry Robson mantra of run your starting 11 to the ground until either they get too knackered to play or they get suspended and you have to make a change? And it, and it may genuinely end up being, being the latter. But... Um, I mean, again, every rule go back to the Darville game, but I think I think the more the 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 more relevant comparison was probably under Stephen Glass when we played Wraith Rovers in the League Cup, because again, that was the same kind of idea where you know um, didn't have to go through the League Cup group, uh, group stages, um, had a favourable draw against a lower lower league opposition, and tried to run maybe a few changes too many, got caught out, and end up getting beat as a consequence of that. Um, Sterling Albion ability rise are probably right in between that kind of Wraith Rovers level and and and, and Darvel, but a, a really good, a very similar story with Darvel that for, for all that they're playing, you know, a few levels below us, they're playing really well. They, they I think they won their League Cup group um, to get through that. As you say, they're doing really well in, in, in the league right now. So um, I don't care if there are a few levels above. It'll be very similar to Darvel that you know they might well have a few level levels above, but there's a there is a confidence that that, that breeds from winning regularly at, at any level, and it, they definitely deserve to be respected and taken seriously. And the best way to do that is you know put out a respectful and serious team against them on Friday night and 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 get the job done. And I think it actually works in our favour that we're not into the Thursday Sunday Thursday Sunday. Um, uh, relentless kind of fixtures yet we're in front of that and the fact that it's a Friday game as well which means that it optimises the amount of time we'll have to be able to recover before we get to our next you know our next game so um, you know we'll get we'll get almost a full week in, in, in front of us before we, we, we have to play the European match so I think we're still in the zone where you know we can we can treat this with a full strength team um, and with 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 the the outlook of getting the job done, and and again, the w- the way I prefer us to look at that is the way I w- I'd wish we'd done that with some of these other games that we met that I've met that I've just mentioned. Um, go out and put three or four past this team like like we did the last time we played Sterling Albion, and you'll get a good forty five minutes rest if you do the job. I think that's the incentive I'd be saying to the players that night is you know if to to the few of the players that have been playing a lot of minutes go put us out of sight in the first half and I'll, I'll happily take you off for the second 45 minutes and you can get a nice rest up. But, you know, let's get the job done first. That's exactly it. And that's the, you know, it's the common sense approach that I think you know, everybody would want and we've not seen in the past is, as you say, just you know, professional job. As you know, maybe doesn't have to be the exact same starting 11. You know, there is there is quality there, you know, despite the fact you know that you know, we have, what shall we say, bemoaned um, the lack of subs, but yeah, prof- a professional job, you know, you know, at least a couple of goals to good at half time, and then you can start thinking about, you know, your, you know, whether it's your Bazawins, your Barons, Bavages, 
whichever one of the other young players perhaps makes it onto the bench, maybe getting them some some decent minutes as well to see what see what they can give you. Uh, but you know, co- obviously confident uh, we should be. You know, we're the third we're the third best team in the country. Uh, we're playing against a team, you know, divisions below us. So I think there should be there should be confidence there. We should be okay. Um, I'm obviously not going to ask you for a score prediction, Martin, because that's just asking for a trouble, of course. Absolutely. And like you say, we've got the they've got the break as well, um, and that's a good thing. We've you know we, we're we're not into playing the games thick and fast. I mean, I would I would be I'd be I wouldn't say less confident, but I'd be less happy if this game had been arranged for the Sunday, um, knowing fine that we've all obviously got the away trip, um, which potentially you no know, not counting any chickens till it hatches. It's not me and you that's booked flights yet. It's the other guy. Um, have, no, it's potentially it's going to be Gothenburg. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I, you know, I'm sure a stay at the Forest Hat Hotel will be enjoyable regardless of whether that pans out or not. Oh, so it'll be, it'll be fine. You'll enjoy that. A wee, a wee board game, and you no, know, maybe, maybe a wee quiz, and you'll be fine. You know, and Jen then just catch a stream of um, Vilnius versus Aberdeen online. Um, but yeah, so we've got that game. That's obviously going to be Thursday, twenty fourth. As we're recording this on Wednesday night, we don't know who we've got. Uh, we will be like the rest of you. We will be avidly tuned to that game um, on Thursday evening, um, and then the excite the excitement for excitement for that will well it'll begin on it'll begin at about ten o'clock on Friday night, I think. Because let's not ju- let's not do an insulate and let's not overlook <laughs> what could be uh, could be I know a, a potential banana skin, but. Try to be confident. You know, it's a tr- it's the League Cup. We want to win it yeah. um, in the early rounds. You know, you'd rather get rather get one of these teams. Um, although you have to beat you have to you have to beat somebody good, uh, a better team, so called better team eventually. So, well, and, and that's exactly it. So, I mean, the, maybe finish off on this in terms of what 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 are we identifying as the more, the most important thing for Aberdeen to achieve this season? And I think a lot of supporters would say silverware, win a trophy. So. We don't want to get ahead of ourselves in terms of, you know, the, the European tie is there. And if anything, we obviously want to win that playoff game. But as we've banged on about in the past, we, we are in group stage football. We're playing Europe till December, regardless of, you know, we could be utterly crap home and away against whoever comes through. And, you know, we obviously don't want that to happen, but we're, we're going to be playing European group stage football anyway. Um, we need to win a trophy. We need to win a trophy. Um, the the nineteen years and then effing penalties. You know, we're we're now going to be officially ten years away because again we're obviously not be able to get an opportunity to win a trophy until next year. So we are officially ten years away from the last time we won the league cup. Um, so it is about damn time that we, you know, did something about that. So in many ways, that game against Sterling Albion is possibly one of the most important games we'll have all season because. If we're being realistic, if we're seeing a trophy, it's realistically going to be the League Cup or the Scottish Cup. And of those two competitions, we're already by default in the last 16 of that competition and beat beat a, a team a few divisions down from where we are and we're in the quarterfinals and three games from silverware. So, yeah, really, really, really looking forward to see who we get in the, the, the Europa League playoff round, but absolutely not taking our eyes off the prize, which is get the result in the League Cup and keep ourselves in all competitions as long as possible. Absolutely, couldn't agree more. So that brings, that's that's your podcast for this week. Um, thank you very much again, Martin. Thank you for 
having us on as always. Oh, it's, 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 always it's always it's always a pleasure. Um, well, we'll we'll be back next week um, at some point. Uh, obviously, we'll we'll be discussing we'll discuss the Sterling Albion game. We'll hopefully have fended off any unwanted advances from championship jobbers, um, and we'll be able to preview um, what will either be a trip to um, Vilnius or Gothenburg. Touch wood for Richard that it's Gothenburg. But until then, everybody, come on, you Reds.